he's gonna do? He's not gonna stop working for the white man because a black man died. He's not gonna stop sending his children to school because a black man died. But when black people die, we're supposed to stop educating as if it's too complicated for us to educate and organize. Like, I remember Seti said, Seti made a statement which was actually a true statement. And I'm, I'm not bringing up Seti. You know, y'all did that thing y'all did. Seti made a statement and he said that he don't believe in the Bible because the Bible was an anti-African book. And he was absolutely correct when he made that statement. The conscious community is like, I want to be a part of that. I want to do that. Why not take that power and use it for something bigger than God? Why not take that power and use it for something bigger than God? How can anything be more important than God? How can we undermine God? How can we say, let's talk about something more important than God? You see, this is the problem. One minute they're telling us about morality and how all the economic... Hold on, I don't understand something. I want to ask you, if I was to teach you mathematics... Are you telling me you're going to reject mathematics based on the religion of the people? My initial question was... Here we go. Here we go. Laws, do you give I gave you an answer. And he said the 42 laws, which is the 42 confessions, I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. We talking about law. We ain't talking about math. Why are you talking about Cause math? Because math, math determines laws. That, hold on. Okay, I give you one. 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 I give you math. I give you math. You a whore. That's math. All right, cool. Now, now hold on. Now let me give you math. Okay, cool. Now, now, all right, cool. Now let me give you math. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Now I'm gonna give you math. According to the law of thermodynamics in the set form of conservation, energy can neither be changed or destroyed. That's it. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, because you said mathematics is not law. Mathematics is law. E equals MC squared. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. You gotta let you keep cutting me off. I'm talking about when we were first talking about Look, look. Yo, catch his face. Catch his no, catch his face. Yo, look, when you get black people science, they be like this. Black people. And he look at him. We so no, brother, I didn't come up with no straw man argument. You're the one coming up with a straw man argument. How in the world 
would I look? How big of a fool would I look like claiming that I represent divine revelation when all you got to do is Google or go to a library or do some research and find the information through research? Research ain't revelation, brother. If I can research it and find it, it's not revelation. Understand that. Now, if you don't believe revelation exists and that's something you want to make mockery of, go right ahead. Whenever prophets receive divine revelation, the majority of the people make fun of them, mock them, ridicule them, and scorn them. That, that ain't nothing new. But don't ask me to represent my beliefs as revelation and then on the other hand be able to tell you all you got to do is go to this source right here and this source right here and this source right here and this source right here to find it well if i can point to you the sources where you can find it it ain't revelation it's education and education and revelation are two separate things. I'm not apologizing to none of you for believing in website. I mean, you're not going to get an education in every, every discipline, but there's a whole education there under recommended books. That's been fun because lots of people have that. That's been an unbelievably popular list. It sells hundreds of books a month on that list. It. I believe it. And people email me constantly and say, well, you know, you introduced me to Dostoevsky. Thanks a lot. It, I'm, I'm, I've been, they're, they're so enthralled. If you're psychologically minded and you like dark, the darkness to some degree, you know, if you like gothic imagery and, and film noir and that sort of thing, Dostoevsky is an unbelievable treat. And he's so incredibly deep psychologically enthralling crime and punishment is an absolutely engrossing novel as, as well as being a, a stunning work of philosophy uh, another name that shows up not once but several times in that list is nietzsche if i'm pronouncing that remotely correctly i've always wondered <laughs> i never know I, I pronounce it like a northern Alberta. Nietzsche. I know that's wrong. It's Nietzsche, I believe, but I never get so, it right. Uh, I've I've read you highlight, in a sense, or at least mention that uh, Nietzsche pointed out that most morality is cowardice. So, if we're making the leap from so this list of books to specific ideas, could you please elaborate on that? Well, if you don't have the courage. If you don't have the courage to commit a crime, it doesn't mean you're moral for not doing it. It just means you're afraid. You can see this, I suppose, to some... The answer, according to... Mathematics is not law. Good, good, good. Okay, good, good, good. I'm talking about law, I'm talking about thou shalt not kill. That ain't got nothing to do with man. I got you, brother. So just understand context. Alright, I got you, I got you. Speak according to what I'm saying. I got you. Because you're misleading that camera that you're talking I got you, I got you. I understand. When we dealing with... Don't talk back to the camera. All right, cool. Okay, cool. 
when we're dealing with comedic science, you'll wind up finding out a lot of what contemporary science is teaching today has already been taught by our ancestors. That's one. Now, I gave him two laws because he said math is not law. But in mathematics, we learn. According to the law of thermodynamics and the set form of conservation, energy cannot be changed or destroyed. Now, let's go back. Now, let's go back. Can I? Now, now, I'm going to give you, can you wait, 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 brother. Now, now, I'm going to tell you why this is important mathematically. The reason why this is important mathematically, because if you understand the law of thermodynamics and the set form of conservation, no one can teach you about a spooky ass heaven where 200 million people going to come out the clouds and bang on Christ because we know, because we know we don't die. Mathematically, we know we don't die according to the law of thermodynamics. Mathematically, that is law. So anybody that comes on the street and tries to teach you about a heaven or teach you about a hell is mathematically wrong. And you know he's a fraud once he starts teaching you about heaven and hell. And I'm against all churches. I'm telling you what the Bible says. I'm just here to make it plain and clear for the people. You understand? Yes, Christ existed. You know what I'm saying? There's many ways you can prove that Christ existed without having to find his body or his tomb. All right, and you're still you looking for that way after you try to answer the question. So the point that I'm making right now, he said, I don't know how that's the answer, and we can give you another shot at it when I'm finished. conversations about people that we don't even believe exist in the first place. So, I don't know how that... Well, then you don't believe nothing that, that, you, that you believe I, I don't have a problem with believing. Yo, listen, listen, listen. Right, right, I'm talking. I told you in the beginning. Yeah, I, I told him in the beginning. I don't have a problem with his belief system. But when he starts trying to make his belief system real in my life, I'm asking him to come with more concrete evidence than conversations about people who I don't even know existed and the speculations that they had about someone that existed. All of that is conjuring and conjecture and belief. I'm telling you, if you want to suggest to me that this is real, rather than get frustrated with me, I'm saying give me something concrete or understand you. I would just simply have to believe that. And do you want to work for a living? When you when you get married, do you want to work? No. Okay. I'm pretty so let's let's. So if you watch my channel, uh, I'm a newbie to your channel. Okay. So, okay, so so I talk about I talk about the Henrys. High earners, not rich yet. Bradley, Keith, Enrique, Ahmed, Brad, Bradley, Ahmed. Keith and Enrique. Keith is the black brother. So to Keith Henry, let's be honest, to not have to work 
and on the West Coast and to live the kind of life most black women want to live. You talk about a man making about $325,000, $350,000 a year. That's with you, him, three kids. Mm-hmm. All I right. Agree. All right. So those kind of men aren't going to clubs or anything else. Those guys, when they're looking for a wife, they do they do some very specific things. One, a lot of these guys use matchmakers. Okay. They're not on dating apps. They're not. And that's why I say, but they are in Whole Foods. The, the chances of running across one of these guys is slim to none because they're working 12, 10, 12, 16-hour days. You're going to find, if you were to find one of them organically, it would be at the local high-end bar at Ruth Chris or the high-end steakhouse. How often do you frequent these places alone and go sit at the bar and have dinner? Um, I would say before the Rona, pretty, pretty frequent. I noticed shit, man. I mean, shit, I did what I did. Right, right. You know what That's I mean? Real. And, um, I, I've always looked at it like that. I feel like a snitch should be, head should be cut off, dead, more, more right. mortally wounded. Yeah. Period. But we gotta identify what that is. That's the nigga who got up with you to go do a crime. Right. Got caught, nigga told on you. Yeah. He knew he, you know, he, he, knew he was going to do a crime. He knew he was going to do a crime. If you're a civilian, nah, it ain't. Just tell the truth. It ain't. It ain't. <laughs> no, it ain't. You're it's not. You're you're right. not involved in it. And involved. paperwork is involved as well, exactly. right? And, well, and it's some lesser time. Exactly. Don't listen. If in the paperwork it says Derek Herman, <laughs> right. identify this. One thing. It says Lil D Rock, <laughs> right. identify. You tell it. Right. You tell it. Mm. Right. That's it. Simple so, as that. <laughs> if you're affiliated, yeah, you snitching. I mean, that's yeah. the irrational rule. Yeah. Listen, we got some irrational ass bylaws and guidelines that we got to follow that we fall up under. Yeah. <laughs> Straight yeah. up. Hey, they're, they're not irrational. They're rational. But it's, it's, a, it's an organization. It, there's there's, yeah. there's right. laws and rules to and, every organization. And, and like, even like right now, like I, I went through a situation when my brother was killed. When me and my monk, me and my sister-in-law stopped speaking because they couldn't convict the guy they thought killed him. Right. Unless I told them what I knew. Right. So quite naturally, I refused to talk. What was just, we were just talking about before she started getting into the financial stuff, she just wanted to vent okay. about Derek Jackson. Yes. What, what do you think, the, you know, as far as that whole situation um, with Derek Jackson? Well, with regard to the Derrick Jackson situation, I was unfamiliar with him. I had never heard the name until a few days ago. People started sending me the video and they said that the radical black feminist on YouTube is starting a movement to shut down all of the male life coaches. So I was taken aback by that. 
radical black feminists, okay. which is basically sisters who see the black male as oh, so the. It's not, it's not one, any one person. It's not any oh, okay. one person. Right. Sisters who see the black male as the source of all of the black woman's problems. If there's a problem that the black woman has, mm -hmm. it's the black man's fault. So they don't see racism. They don't see lack of opportunity. They don't see the black woman. All they see is the black man. It's always his fault. And the message was they intended to start a campaign to destroy all prominent black male life coaches on YouTube. So people were sending it to me as a warning or a heads up. So I took offense to it because unlike the Derek Jacksons and the Kevin Samuels of the world, I actually have credentials. They don't. I'm actually a clinician. They're not. You understand? I actually been in the mental health field for 20 years. They haven't. And life coaching is probably the smallest piece of my overall puzzle of services that I offer to the community. Now, with that being said, looking at the Derek Jackson situation, there were certain contradictions I saw on the part of the sisters who were quote unquote exposing him. And I hate that word, but one contradiction, if you're doing this, so his wife will know if you're doing this to protect the sister involved, why not go to her confidentially, let her know what's been going on and let her decide what she wants to do with it. Because if you look at the video that she did, it doesn't appear that she was in shock at all about what she heard. Nine times out of 10, she already knew what the man was doing because there was no shock on her part, none. There was no surprise whatsoever. So for these women to be arguing that they're exposing Derek Jackson to protect his wife, that is a total misrepresentation of the truth because you're disrespecting her more than you're disrespecting him because you're making her look bad, you're making her look like a fool and you're just constantly putting out his information which is a reflection on her as the wife so that was feminist hypocrisy number one number two when i look at a lot of these women who are doing these Derek jackson expose videos i don't see any responsibility being laid at the feet of the women involved all of them knew what they were doing. All of them knew what they were doing. Nobody has held them accountable yet. So the woman who voluntarily gets involved with the married man is a victim all of a sudden. And the total blame is put on the black male. And he was wrong. He had no right to be cheating on his wife. And he had no right, allegedly, bringing a woman into their home, allegedly telling them that his wife's sex wasn't good, allegedly talking about he left them, and allegedly not being forthcoming about the fact he had children. If those allegations are true, that's wrong. 
I can respect the man who says to these women, I'm married, I love my family, my kids, what we do is what we do, but it better never come to my wife. At least you're being upfront. But if he told them he was leaving his wife, then that was leading them on. Because now they can say, you told me that you guys were breaking up. But regardless, y'all knew he was still married at the time. You understand? And you still entered into a relationship with a married man knowing he was married. So it should be equal blame. And when I hear people say things like, well, those women were not a part of his marriage. They didn't take the wedding vow. Mm -hmm. Derek Jackson took the wedding vow. Well, to me, that is just as hypocritical as not holding the women involved responsible because we are a community. And as a community, as a black woman, you are just as accountable to his wife as he is. Where is the sisterhood? Where is the community? Where is the all for one, one for all? To say these women are not responsible for what they did because they didn't take a marriage vow is the most European thing I heard all week. If you are a black woman and you care about other black women, then what you did to his wife is just as bad as what he did, if not worse. Let me say this and I'll be quiet. I don't like the way that this looks to the young people. See, I'm always coming from a school psychologist perspective. I'm always looking at how does this appear to our young people? And when black boys, teenagers, see black women gang up on a black man and spend every day, all day long trying to destroy him, there was nothing wrong with addressing it. But we got other issues. We got miseducation issues. We got homelessness issues. We got police genocide issues. We got gentrification issues. We got mass incarceration issues, access to wealth issues. We have so many problems. We are a people in a state of emergency. You don't have time to do 50 million Derek Jackson videos, and if you got time to do 50 million Derek Jackson videos, something is wrong with you. You see? And it means that you're doing it for fame, you're doing it for attention, you're doing it for likes, you're doing it for views, you're doing it for YouTube dollars. Because if you were doing it for the benefit of the community, you would have done it a another way. You would have got away from it after you finished and found something else to focus upon. But our boys are watching this. Yeah. And it's feeding this energy that some toxic males are putting out in the community that black women ain't worth the black man's time. Mm -hmm. See, I don't want our 15, see, when a 15, 16, and 17-year-old black boy who's politically uneducated turns on YouTube, and see a whole army of black women attacking this one black man day after day after day and then absolving the women involved of any blame whatsoever, it starts reinforcing that narrative that you should go get you a white girl, go get you a Latino, 
Go get you a Chinese. Go get you an Indian. Go get you a Jew. You understand? Go get you a Mexican because they know how to treat a man. So by doing this, they're perpetuating a narrative that is going to have our black boys thinking that they should not be committed to black women. I don't like that. And on the flip side, it's going to feed the negative narrative of a lot of radical black feminists who are teaching our girls that the black men ain't worth their time. So on both sides of the aisle, the way the women are handling this and the way that the man is being perceived is going to feed into negative stereotypes that our children are seeing all day long anyway. For example, most of the major advertising right now is either interracial couples or mixed race couples. You understand? Biracial and interracial. You don't see a lot of black man, black woman advertising. You don't see a lot of black woman, black man sitcoms and miniseries and movies anymore. Everything is interracial or biracial. And by, and by reinforcing this, this whole Derrick Jackson saga, it ain't even about Derrick Jackson. It's about the way black women feel and relate to black men. And it's about the way black men feel and relate to black women. It is a reality show that is just as dangerous as the reality shows that we see played out on television. We're creating a consciousness around black romance and black love that's going to send a lot of our teenagers and a lot of our sons and daughters looking for a mate from another race. So you miss, you miss the, uh, I want to say Bill Cosby. I can't even say the Bill Cosby, <laughs> the show, because it's like, dang, even he is a stigma with Bill Cosby. But so you want those, you want those days back. The, 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 the black family sitcoms. Well, those kind of things. Not sitcom though, drama. See, black life in America is not comedy. It's drama. Every day you wake up in Philadelphia, somebody's getting shot. That's drama. Philadelphia leads America in gentrification. That's drama. So the black reality should not be made a joke. We don't need any more sitcoms because sitcoms eat away at the reality of our experience. We don't need to be making jokes about the black family. We don't need to be making jokes about the black husband, the black wife, the black children, because you're taken away from the reality of our situation. We need dramas. I wasn't against the Cosby Show, but the Cosby Show, to some extent, was a misrepresentation of everyday black reality. Don't get me wrong, I see no problem with projecting a successful black male as a doctor and a successful black female as an attorney in the same house with children because that does happen. So I have no problem with projecting that, but I don't think the Cosby show had enough real moments in it. I don't think the Cosby show had enough of the true encounters that black people go through on a regular basis to give it a real feeling. So even if they live in the suburbs, you could have showed a lot more about racism. Mm -hmm. 
you could have showed a lot more about poverty. I felt the Cosby show was a distraction away from what the everyday black family really goes through, but could have been a blessing had they injected more of the everyday real life experiences for black people. But the reason they don't do that, the reason with these sitcoms, they don't put enough real life racism in them, is they're trying to attract the non-black viewer. They want white people to watch the Cosby show. They want white people to watch blackish. They want white people to watch these shows. And if you put too much racism in it, too much real life blackness in it, white people won't watch it. That's why none of the shows catered to black people really address the needs of black people because you want to make sure white people don't turn it off. If there's one thing white people do not like, they do not like to see a mirror held up to themselves with regard to how they treat black people. The first of all white privileges, the first of all white privileges is the privilege to never be held accountable for how you treat black people. That's the first of all white privileges. So, before I, I'm going to touch back real quick. With the Derrick Jackson situation, I agree to a certain extent. However, I just think the whole, the whole it even being on social media thing, is just like, every day he's on there preaching about, you know, what guys need to do to do better, but it's like, He's preaching, is, is it because he was actually doing those things himself? You know, it takes one to know one, you know? Oh, he and was then, a hypocrite. You know, he like, was we don't have wrong. No, okay, so we agree. He was wrong. That ain't the issue. So, he was dead wrong. Okay. That is then, not my problem. Also, for me, it was like, our problem was how we on the life, like the in, in the light of why she wearing a bonnet. It's like y'all. That's a strong woman. You know. That's a very strong woman. It's like in there attacking her for how she looks. It doesn't matter if she was Beyonce. Beyonce got you. First of all, you know her body. Let me tell you again. I'm always looking at things from the eyes of psychology. What I got from her in that outfit with the bonnet, what went over everybody's head, she dressed like that on purpose. Mm -hmm. There was a nonverbal message that she was communicating to anybody watching the video. And the nonverbal message was simply, I'm not buying this shit. See, if she would have got dressed up, then that would have communicated, I'm behind him, I'm backing this story, I believe everything he's saying. But the fact she came down to the living room in her pajamas was letting us know, don't fall for this because I'm not falling for this. So I had no problem with the way she dressed. That was a message to us that I am not invested in the message he about to give y'all. We totally missed the point of the bonnet. The bonnet means I'm not connected. That was the bonnet's message. Billy, I feel you on that, for sure. How are we on time? So we still running on the other audio? Okay, yeah, just let me know. Um, and then, Here, okay. Here's another conversation. And he's wrong. He's dead wrong. 
I'm not worrying about him lying to the world. Because 99% of the people on YouTube lie to the world. 99% of celebrities lie to the world. I'm not concerned about his lies on YouTube. We want to be entertained. And the Negroes or the YouTubian universe, the YouTubian universe don't care about truth. They care about likes and views. They care about being entertained. You understand me? So they don't care if he told the truth or not. The issue is whether or not it's entertaining. So the YouTubian community does not function on truth. The YouTubian community functions on entertainment. You understand? So I could care less about whether he lied to the YouTube world. That ain't the point. He lied to his wife. And now she has to suffer the repercussions of the dysfunctional YouTubian community. See, social network is the devil. It is absolutely the devil. And social network is one of the best examples we have to show you how dysfunctional and self-hating black America is. And listen, social network is everybody their own media platform 50 years ago you had to go through a filter 50 years ago you couldn't say it unless you could verify it 50 years ago you had to go through the five major media companies to put anything out there YouTube, Facebook, Instagram it changed the game now everybody has a media platform and look what we do with it go through YouTube how many channels do you see are really dedicated to a good conversation about something relevant? How many channels do you see are focused on any of the core problems of black America? The miseducation, the mass incarceration, the gentrification, the access to wealth, the police genocide. There's channels out there who... There's a few, but compared to everything else... You would not think that black America was in a state of emergency if you look at YouTube. You got people, the whole channel is dedicated to gossip. The whole channel dedicated to slander. The whole channel dedicated to reality TV. The whole channel dedicated to sports. We are in a state of emergency fighting for the survival of our community and we would have spent all day long talking about one man's infidelity when half of all Americans cheat on their spouse. That does not make it acceptable. But it simply says we got bigger fish to fry than that. But it begs forth another question that has to be handled. I'm going to introduce this even though it's controversial because it got to be discussed. Speaking as a psychologist, being brutally honest with you, I think one of our greatest dysfunctions when it comes to the black family right now, in this generation, the millennials and the young ones and the ones over that, is you have this belief, not you, we, that alpha males are monogamous. Alpha males are not monogamous. That word, alpha male. Stay with me. The, 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 listen, and I'm not giving Derek Jackson no excuse because he cheated. So he alpha male? 
I would consider him an alpha. He is the type of male that a lot of women would want to date. And guess what? This whole situation he went through, it will mean nothing. There'll be more women waiting for him when it's over. I did a video a couple days ago when I said to Jared Derrick Jackson's wife, if you want to leave your husband for your own reasons, that's your business. You don't leave your husband for what other women want to say about him. Because them same women, them same women telling you to leave Derrick Jackson will be in his bed tomorrow. You understand? Here's the point that I'm trying to make. There's millions of black men out there who will be loyal to our sisters. You understand? And faithful. But they're the beta males. Alpha males by nature are not monogamous. The man that every black woman wants, they are not monogamous. You understand? And that is a conversation that has never been honestly had. It doesn't mean you can't find a good man. It means you need to revisit your interest in having an alpha. Those men historically of any race, we're talking about us obviously, but look at the alpha male in any community, white, Chinese, Arab, Latino, Mexican, alpha males do not do monogamy. And I think alpha males need to stop lying. Let me give you an example. I'm going to have two queens. I've made that clear. It's no need for a woman to even try to get with me if she don't understand she's going to have a sister wife. I'm not going to lie to my wives. Do you understand? I'm going to be honest. You're going to know coming in that I'm going to have two. Ain't no lies. I'm not playing no lies with my queendom. Derek Jackson should have done the same thing. Derek Jackson is not monogamous. I'm not sure if he ever can be. You understand? And he should have been honest with his wife going into it. Here's a big problem. Black men are not giving black women an opportunity to choose. If you and I are dating, I need to tell you, listen, you're not going to be the only one. And I need to be honest with you about how many others there will be. So for Dr. Umar, I'm going to have two. That's it. You understand? Another man might want three. Another man might want, might want four. And he might not want those other women consistently during the marriage. Some men are serial polygamists. You know what that means? That means that co-wife is never the same person from year to year. In other words, the first year of our marriage, she's the co-wife. The second year of our marriage, she's the co-wife. You have men who have a high need for variety. They know this about themselves. But because they want you to be the primary woman, they don't tell you the truth. I think that's what happened with Brother Derrick Jackson. His wife is a very traditional, laid back. She's not a, a, a hot girl. You understand? I wouldn't say she's a beta. I would say she's, she's a traditional black woman. Raised well, homegrown, into the church. Love her man, love her family, love her children. She's a, and she's beautiful. She was the perfect catch for Derrick Jackson. But because she was so perfect as a woman to hold him down and help him lay his foundation, he misled her about, he misled her about his true intentions. 
You see, when you look at her, I can see why he chose her. Because she's everything you need minus the drama. But he lied to her. You understand? And my biggest issue with him, you should not have misled your wife about being a monogamous when you know you're not. And we got too many men misleading women, making them think that they're monogamous and they are not. That's where the problem comes in. Um, as far as racism, mm -hmm. um, we got male Asians are being attacked. Well, they're saying they've always been attacked. Um, what is your take now okay. on this movement? <laughs> Let's talk about the Asian invasion of the black agenda. Every president in American history since Dr. King's assassination, April the 4th, 1968. So next week, 78, 88, 98, 08, 18, 19, 20, 21. 53 years. Every president since Lyndon Baines Johnson has had to select a non-black minority issue that they would cater to and that they would project to distract away from the black agenda being the primary non-white issue in America. Dr. King was a media genius because Dr. King was able to keep the black agenda on the forefront of the TV. Every night you turned on the TV, the black agenda was there. That's why they let the water hose get blown. That's why they let the dogs bite us up. That's why they didn't use violence, because Dr. King knew he had to master the message from the media. So after Dr. King used the media against white supremacy, he may have been the only black leader who was ever strategic enough to use the media against his own system. They said, we can't let this happen again. So every president since LBJ has had to choose a minority issue that they would cater to and publicize to make sure black people's issues are never discussed. Barack Obama, LBGTQ. Every day you woke up, Obama was talking about LBGTQ. Donald Trump, every day you woke up, he was talking about immigrants in the wall in Mexico. Joe Biden, every day you wake up, he's talking about some new transgender rights and transgender discrimination. But now with the Asian invasion, Joe Biden has a second minority issue. So not only does he have the transgender thing that he's catering to, now he got the Asians. Now they're talking about violence against Asians. First of all, wrong is wrong. No matter who does it, no matter who the victim is. When those eight Asians was murdered in Atlanta, it was wrong. My heart go out to their family. That shouldn't have happened. But don't you dare use that and turn it into a political stunt to make it look like Asians are victimized in America by violence more than black folks. We've been getting victimized for four centuries and we've never gotten the type of attention that the Asian community got. A few days ago, President Biden signed an executive order against violence against Asians. 
He signed, he used his presidential privilege to sign an executive order against Asian Americans. Can I ask you a question? Where has been the executive order against violence against black people? Where has been the executive order against police genocide? Where has been the executive order against all these lynchings and all these hate crimes against black folk? We've been here four centuries. We built the damn country. No executive order. One tragedy in the Asian community, they get an executive order. July of 2015, Charleston, South Carolina, Dylan Roof walked into a church and murdered nine Africans, including seven mothers. They didn't fly the flag half mass. The president and vice president didn't come and meet with us face to face. And there was no executive order. So black people are seeing right now how the white power structure is catering to another racist agenda above and beyond our own. It is an insult for them to cater to the Asian community like that and then try to argue that we participate in the systemic violence against Asians. If that's the case, if black people don't like Asians, how the hell are they robbing us blind every day in America's ghettos? If black people don't like Asians, how in the hell are they selling record numbers of Chinese food every single day? If black people don't like Asians, how in the hell are they in control of a $30 billion hair care industry? If black people don't like Asians, why are there so many Asians in the black community? Uh-uh. This is Joe Biden and his White House in the American power structure deflecting again. Why now? Because they want to take attention away from the George Floyd case. We're going to put the attention on violence against Asians so nobody pays attention to the George Floyd case. This is about making sure nobody's paying attention if they let Officer Derek Chauvin off or if they give him a slap on the wrist conviction and sentencing. That's what this is about. We're going to distract from the fact we didn't do nothing about police brutality against black people yet. And we're going to put all the attention on the Asians so black people get no attention at all. And we bind into it. Negroes out there marching with the Asians. They're like, we march for the LBGTs. They're like, we march for the illegal immigrants. What you marching for them for? Ain't none of them never fought for you. The Asian Americans ain't never stood up for black people. Never. And we run around standing up for them. The immigrants, they never stood up for black people, but we run around standing up for them. Negroes had better learn and learn soon that the only friend we got is each other. And we need to stop giving our energy to other people's fights when they don't fight for us. Hmm. I'm with you on that one. Um, we wanna uh, touch base, how much time we got? You wanna, she gotta cut? Or can she roll over? Well, um, I'm good. I mean, we, we could do another half. Okay. Um, um, I wanted to go over um, last night is just kind of rap. Okay. We, what happened with Little Nas X? Uh, I'm still waiting because everybody posted it on. It's on the feed. What, what was I keep, it? I keep hearing. 
about it, but our producer here today, Sharice, what he said happened was um, some demonic things going on as far as a commercial that came out, yeah, and it had 666 on the speakers. So everybody likes to wear Air Max. Okay. Right now, I think that 96 Air Max. Okay. And with the 96 Air Max, they're red and black. It's a commercial or a video? This is a video right now. Nike's claiming that they didn't authorize it, but... This is a video for one of Little Nas X's songs. Yes. What's the name of the song? Not sure what the song name is. Oh, look. It's a brand new video. Brand new. Okay. Brand new. Here's what I would say to that. <laughs> okay. At the apex of the global white supremacist hierarchy, there are, in fact, demonic rituals. At the very top of the white elite, they do pay homage to Satan and the spirit of evil. They get their energy from Satan and the spirit of evil. That's one of the reasons why you have such a large child sex trafficking ring. Because amongst this a fraternity of vampires. They believe that sex with children provides them with a protection and with a strength that allows them to continue to do what they do. They also assassinate a large number of these children and they drink some of the fluid that comes out of the brain because in their demonic philosophy, there's certain uh, fluid from the brain of a child that provides them with the vitality. Yes, that's why you seeing that that's why you saw the European who they said committed suicide, who had the island, the sex trafficking island. He was friends with uh uh Bush and Clinton and I forget his name. He didn't commit suicide. You know they killed him because he could expose the whole situation. Epstein, Jerry Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. This is what they do. You saw last week they found a whole bunch of children in Philadelphia. Did you see that? A, a sex trafficking ring. But notice they didn't arrest nobody. They keep finding children, but they never find the perpetrators. How was that? Y'all got access to everybody's cell phone, everybody email. Y'all got GPS. You could spot a fly on a wall in Afghanistan, but you can't find who let them kids out their car. You know why? Because it's being done at the very highest levels of American society. The judges are involved. The politicians are involved. The preachers are involved in the child custody and child welfare organizations are involved. That's one of the biggest reasons they love taking black kids out of the home because they put them in these group homes and from the group homes they get initiated, stolen, drafted, and used for the sex activities of the upper white global po white power structure. 
This is bigger than we could ever imagine. It is demonic. It is Satanist. It is sexual abuse. And when you get into entertainment, whether you're an athlete, a singer, or whatever, it is almost impossible for you to break the $500 million glass ceiling if you don't participate in some ritual or another. They don't let you into that fraternity unless they have something that can compromise you if you ever violated the oath. And death isn't good enough. You know why? Because they can kill you. But if you already let the secrets out, it's, you, see, you understand it's too late. Nah, they don't want to necessarily, they may kill you in the final analysis, but they need to intimidate you. And so what they usually do is they make you participate in homosexual activity. Because for most black males, you know, for the community to know that you participated in a homosexual activity is a very embarrassing thing. So most of them have been compromised with homosexual acts. You do have to sell your soul when you get to a certain level, which is why I thank God that I was never blessed with talent enough to go in any of those ways. I was always black consciousness and black revolution since I was a child. And when, and when young black boys and girls come to me and they say things like, I want to be a football player, I want to be a basketball, I want to be this, a part of me, I got to support them because there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that. But at the other end, I know that if they make it, they would have to sell their soul. And guess what? In the final analysis, it's never worth it. Look at Bill Cosby. You think, he, look, look, look where you at. When they done with you, they done with you. Whether you sold your soul or not, you still a Negro to them. So with everything that we covered, I think a lot of people um, who are just now awakening and and having this third eye that's opening now with our society. It's just like, what do we do now that we know these things are issues? We, we have all these um, assassination, uh, literally torture, like George Floyd, to me, that's a torture video. It was a torture. You know, torture. we have, it's just in our face all the time, and it's like, okay, yes, we, we see these things are wrong, but it's like, what do we do? And I think a lot of people are just trying to decide. They hear your message. I feel like um, they hear your opinion. Your, they hear opinions of you. And I feel like people make their decisions based on their others' opinions. And I wanted to have you on the show to kind of just speak your truth. So I'm going to give you the uh, opportunity now just to give a last word for those people who are just kind of searching. They feel like they're in the dark. Um, you know, you've done the research. Right. This is the thing. I need people to understand that you've done the work. You know, it's, you know. So that's my thing. Like respect, whether you they like you or not. You know, you've done the work. That is something that so everybody can learn from you. So I guess for the last word, I'm gonna just let you go in on it. I would say, you know, there's always going to be detractors because we are a people who have been psychologically engineered to work against our own best interests. I don't think we really understand what that white man did to us for 243 years. I really don't think black people understand the psychological trauma that slavery was. 
we still have not regained our original consciousness since that time. He created a Frankenstein in all of us, a Negro who works against the best interests of its own people without being paid and without being asked. If you're doing something positive, I guarantee you there's a handful of Negroes trying to stop you. They, you, you never done nothing to them. You might not even know them, but they're going to try to stop you because that is how the white man created the new black consciousness, the energy of the Negro. You're doing something positive. I know there's people trying to stop you. Yes, because this. Look, I got about two dozen Negroes with YouTube channels, right? who I never met in my life. I never met them. They make anti-Umar videos all day long. They have no job. They have no life. Some of them are even married. Don't make love to their wife because they're too busy making videos about Dr. Umar. How did this happen? Even to me, because the white man made it popular for us to destroy each other on a slave plantation. He made it popular for us to tell them to run away slaves. He made it popular for us to want to see black people do badly. Go back to the Derrick Jackson situation. Everybody not on Derrick Jackson because he cheated. Half the people on Derrick Jackson cheating their damn self. But it's the fact that a black man who was successful, attractive, doing well, has fallen from grace. By his own fault, yes. By his own fault. But that's not the point. The point is I get to laugh at another black man on his way down. And there is no better hobby for a Negro than to watch one of their own fall from success to failure. And until we get rid of that, that's why I'm building the Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey Academy. Because if you don't kill the Negro that lives in us, the African can never be reborn. You have a white demon in you that needs to be exercised. And he's in the mind. And until you take that demon, that cracker in you, until you get the European out of the black psyche, we'll never be free. Because the first freedom is psychological freedom. The first freedom is psychological freedom. And until we have that, we have nothing. Bring out any government classified files I need to bring out, and I will prove my point. Period. Okay. So this, this is what I'm saying. And I, I don't want to be redundant. We can we can pick this up another time and we can keep picking on other ideas to get a range for what we're going to do. If, if I don't know what you're talking about at all and you use a terminology such as Anunnaki and then I go to research it, I'm likely to find the information that most immediately corresponds with the people that that terminology has its inception in. So, I understand the people that follow you and the people that listen to you. What about the people who don't know what you're talking about and hear it from you for the first time 
And you are saying to yourself, hey, I know what people are thinking when I say it, but I know this shit is made up and it's from a fake language. And you got this in your head, but I, I'm turning around, something's on with young Farrell talking about the Anunnaki. What is that what is that person supposed to do if they didn't catch the lecture where you, you said, hey, I know this shit is bullshit. I know this ain't African. I know that, you know, that's why I'm like, hey, I don't I don't know. I'll say this. They would already know because I would have 